Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Strictly Hip Hop. Very special episode for a live, in-person, sit-down interview with my man, John Connor. John, how you doing? The people's rappers in the building, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. Bless as always, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I hate I hate to start this at no, but I did want to I did want to ask this um, because I thought of you when I when I first heard the news, uh, the the passing of DJ K Slay. Now I know that. You two have, I think it's like eight projects you've been on with him. Like it's 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 quite a bit. And uh, the last one, if I remember, was the Back to Bars one with mm-hmm. uh, with Joel Locksmith and a whole bunch of other people. So mm-hmm. I, I just wanted you to speak on DJ Caselay because you know he's a, he's a legend and you know his his dad piff mixtapes were you know some of the stuff that I grew up on. So mm-hmm. I just wanted you to kind of speak to your your memories and moments with him. Man, it's still hard, and st- I'm still processing. You know the fact that Slay is gone. Um, there's a big void in hip hop, you know, without DJ K Slade, because before I was John Connor or before I was even, or before I even thought about writing a rhyme, I grew up listening to K Slade mixtapes, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Drama King, like, you know what I'm saying? Just, that was, uh, man, I can just remember when I was 17, 18, it was a guy that sold mixtapes in Flint, you know what I'm saying? And I remember getting uh, this cat named DJ P Cutter, DJ uh, K Slay, and I would buy just these mixtapes and just I was so uh, I was so entranced by New York hip hop yeah. at that time. And K Slay was, uh, you know what I'm saying, the voice for me of of New York hip hop from those mixtapes. So even before I met him, he had an influence on my life because of how much of a, a beacon for hip hop he mm. always has been. So, um, but it's just hard for me right now. It, it's hard for me still to process, but I can't say enough good things about DJ K Slay. I know for the rest of my career, I'll always put his name on something or do something in his memory because DJ K Slay, um, the reason why there's a void in hip hop is not just the things that everybody saw that he did, like the music that he put out or him being a DJ at Hot 97 in New York or him being a DJ at Shea 45. Behind the scenes in hip hop, he was such an important part of the culture because he didn't play the industry political game. The game of, I'm only gonna rock with you if you have a hit record out right now. Or I'm only gonna put you on my project if you got uh, the big chains and yeah. millions of dollars. Or this connect, like or this that, artist that I absolutely. like. Absolutely. Yeah. 
he was rocking with everybody. Times when I was hot and on fire, times when I was cold as ice, I was always getting that phone call from DJ K Slay, Yo Connor, and it was all based on my talent and who I am as a person. It was never about um, I'm only rocking with you for this or that. It was based off of the things that life should be about is why K Slay was so important, not just to hip hop, but just life in general. It's like, he didn't just talk about it, he lived it. It was like, he messed with John Connor strictly based off of talent and who I am just as a spirit and as a person. I think that's how we all should be. And I don't think there's enough of that in the music industry or just in life period. So we lost a big part of just humanity with losing K Slay because he lived it. He lived hip hop to the day he died. K Slay did graffiti. You know what I'm saying? He, you know what I'm saying? He was a DJ. He did put together albums and projects with up and coming lyricists. So every way that you could possibly live hip hop, K Slay did it. And he always gave back to the culture. Like I remember he put me and Kendrick Lamar on a song early. This is this is way back. I'm thinking like this is probably like 2013, 2014 before I was buzzing like that and before Kendrick was buzzing like that. So it's like he always made sure he looked for talented people and more than anything had a good heart. And, uh, you know, I could talk about Slay for days and days, but is he just meant a lot to me more than just a DJ, more than just these personas of John Connor and DJ K Slay. It was times... Um, where in the music business, it was a time period where I was immature and naive and I didn't really know, I didn't really know my way around the industry like that, right? And he would always call me and give me advice on how to not make mistakes and not to fall into certain pitfalls. So that's going above and beyond because you got sometimes people who are your managers who don't do that, who don't steer you in the right direction. They try to steer you in the wrong direction so they can get your money and leave you where you at. K Slay wasn't never my manager. He never got paid off of anything that had to do with John Connor. He taught me what I needed to know just because it was the right thing to do. So yeah. it's, you know, it's going to be an extreme void in just humanity and especially um, in hip hop without Slay here. But I think cats like me and all of the other people that he reached out to and always worked with and left an impression on and let and made an impact in their lives, I think we'll always keep his spirit alive. We owe it to Slay to do that and i'm definitely yeah. gonna do that that's awesome and you touched on one thing that is interesting because that's what i always say when i talk about um rappers passing and we were actually just speaking about this a little bit before before the mics were on and we were talking about Pac, and we were talking about nipsey and the word you said hit me is the humanity because that's always the part that i that i agree more than anything else is you know of course the this artist has their own family they have they have friends and they have yes. they have a legacy that's always like hip-hop is a culture it's right it's not it's not just a genre of music so within it you know there's there's more than just the music when an artist dies you don't just lose the music you right. lose like you said the the humanity the um the connections that that they make the the impact the guidance the um the all everything that they that they offer to to hip-hop you know it's not just simply the music so i'm i'm glad i'm glad you touched on on that uh i do want to can I ask you the one the one question that I know, uh, and I'm asking this just for fun. You can ask the me one, anything. I know I know I can ask you anything, sure. but I'm asking you. I just want to preface that this is the one question for fun because I know you gotta hate this question. So I'm hoping that this is the that this interview right here, this strictly hip hop interview, is going to be. Oh, that's the camera. My bad. The strictly oh, okay. hip hop interviews. This is gonna be the one where hopefully John doesn't have to answer this. This no is more. a big bill for this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go. 
how's your relationship with Dre? <laughs> That's I, funny. I see you. I see you get it. Like I see you get it. Like you've addressed in your music. Yeah. Um, we even talked about it in our first sit down for SOS one, mm-hmm. and um, and I see you like I see you get on Twitter. I see you get it. I mm-hmm. see you address it in the music, and it's just like every every other question is like. When's the next project coming out? Then there's like two more questions that's like, are you a Drake cool? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's every time. So I feel like it's got to be getting exhausted uh, answering that. Because I know the answer. I know the answer is good. Uh, you know? Well, yeah. The thing, You know what? I don't, I don't so much mind that question because he played a part in my life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I get it. Dre is like, to most people, he's like a, a, a figure that, they feel like he's like out in outer space yeah. somewhere that you'll he's never, mythical. right. He's like a mythical yeah. person. So they feel like they'll probably never get a chance to have conversations with him. So the best thing to that is like to yeah. ask somebody that know him, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I yeah. get it. Like, yeah. so when people ask me questions about that part of my life, I don't know. I don't get offended or nothing. It's like if somebody asked me something about high school or something, or if they ask me True. like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, just a chapter. It's a chapter of my life. Yeah. So, uh, how was me and Dre? I always look at things like, whatever the last conversation we had is the way it is unless I get told otherwise. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, we're good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Last time I, yeah, I talked to him, um, like a little bit after, uh, he had the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so that's like years after I wasn't on aftermath Mm -hmm. no more. So, you know what I mean? So it's all good. And to see him perform at the Super Bowl, like, yeah, you know, after crazy. after that was, you know, yeah. awesome. That like to dope. him to look healthy. You know yes. what I mean? Like that was I mean, dope, we man. know he's a workout he's a workout warrior, but like still, yes. you know, to go that through was, something like that and that was the most important thing to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Beyond like people go through doing business together and not doing business together, but there was also a personal relationship there as well where uh where it was like as like we talking again the human factor mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying regardless of if me and dr dre ever make records together again i was out there for five six years and over time you can't just you don't just leave a situation and you just don't have no feelings yeah, at all snap, for the person, gone, right? yeah so it was cool that we talked around that time so to answer simplify and answer the question we good man yeah. like last yeah. time we talked we laughed like we normally did uh we talked about uh bullshit yeah. and you know what i'm saying and it was all good and it was just good to see that he was healthy and doing yeah. good so yeah we cool that's awesome that's awesome man i just wanted to i just wanted to i hope that this interview is again like you know because i i always feel i always feel for you like seeing that you know like seeing like the same and it's not just a dread thing it's like a it's like a if anybody gets asked the same question like right. and it's like you've addressed it on twitter you addressed it in the music so like i could understand you know getting a little bit like come on man like i've already said it like it's good it's good it's, it's like but let's good. talk about Let's talk about um, SOS. So before we get into I want to jump into some songs too, but before we start there. So first of all, it's your second time releasing. How does it feel? Because I, I, I asked you this kind of similarly on SOS, but I wanted to get your perspective now. Like, how does it feel to just be able to go back to after that five, six year period of now having the total freedom to be able to release what you want, how you want? Like, are you still adjusted to that? Is there still a part of you? Because I mean, you even had a line in... Um, even at a line saying, you know, that, you know, I'm scared to say my album's going to drop because what if it don't again? So yeah. are you, are you, are you, do you feel like now you're fully, you're fully adjusted to, yeah. you know, the independent life again? Absolutely, man. Yep. That line was on the song. Thank you. Yeah. Right. On SOS yeah. uh, 1. The outro, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Where I was kind of documenting mm-hmm. the way I was feeling when I was right. still on a major. 
And so, yeah, now I feel good. Like, I feel great. Like, yeah. I love being in control of my destiny. I love everything being all on me. You know, I think that you came in this world by yourself, you're going to leave by yourself. So you should be able to stand by every decision that you make. You know, and when at the end of the day, when you look in the mirror, it got to be whether you fail or whether you succeed, you don't have nobody to blame or congratulate but yourself and God. Like, you know what I'm there saying? It ain't nobody else's fault. And why you succeeded or failed is yours. It's all on you. You got to take the good with the bad. So I feel amazing. Like, SOS 1 was just me being so happy to be able to have the freedom to do what I want. Yeah. And I think SOS 2 was kind of like now... I think you can even probably hear the fact that I've adjusted and now it's not even so much about just, I'm so happy to put stuff out. Now it's like, okay, let me reclaim that spot of, I am an artist that knows how to put together solid body, like a solid yeah. body of work. And now let's get back to doing what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? In the yeah. beginning, putting together dope uh, projects and just being as consistent as possible. And I think you probably, I think you could hear that in SOS too. So it just feels great. I'm adjusted. I'm settled. Um, and I'm just ready for wherever this role going to take me now, man. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting with, with S. Uh, like I, I lump SOS one and two together, you know, just because it is, it is a series and it's, I feel like it's almost a state of mind. Um, you know, you talk about the two years between those two, like how I feel with this, with this project. Um, I still feel it, the urgency that, uh, the urgency that you had in SOS, how do you, how do you capture that en energy two years, two years later? Or is it just that easy when you had, you know, the five, six years that you had Man. to tap into it? uh how do you capture it because you you wake up feeling that way for real in real yeah. life like you know what i'm saying so right <laughs> so it's like any song i sound pissed on because yeah. i probably was legitimately pissed <laughs> yeah. like in real life or what i'm just a person that um my music is basically however i feel in real life and me just trying to find a way to verbalize that and make mm -hmm. a song out of it so whatever you hear on my projects is legitimately how I wake up feeling or things that I've thought about or just things that I feel like I want to scream out and shout to the world. So capturing that energy is not, it's not really a problem because it's always there. And I'm an Aries and Aries are fire signs. So that means we always, just <laughs> there's always just like this uh, fire that's inside of us. And whenever I hear music or create music, it's almost like the pouring gasoline on a fire. And so it's not a problem to, to catch it. You know, it's just a matter of uh, just directing it and um, just making sure I'm satisfied with it in the end. That's awesome. Let's jump into some. Let's jump into some songs. Actually, before we do that, um, I do want to quickly touch on the documentary series, yeah. which uh, Royce Royce's narration is awesome, man. Like, uh, I'm a big Royce the Five Nine fan, yes, so like, I was already, yeah, I was already geeked. But just the words, the words he uses, you know, in the intros of everyone to to really set the tone of each episode so far. Um, I do remember you teasing back on back on aftermath the uh the a docu a documentary series leading up mm -hmm. to your project so is this the same the same documentary series or is it well or is it a new one well it's crazy obviously like the story ended up evolving and changing right. so yes i had the idea to do a mm -hmm. docu series way back then right you know what i'm saying but then my story changed so yeah. then the, so you, had to, you know <laughs> you had to make some changes yeah, yeah. right so you got to make some changes so yeah the general idea is the same one okay but like i say my life evolved so then the story itself had to yeah. evolve and you know i heard what i heard legendary stories of the of the um south by southwest 
John Connor experience. Yeah, and that was in episode two, right? Yeah, yeah, that was in yeah. episode two. And I had a, I, I had um a friend of mine. He's he's no longer making music, but when he was, uh, you have a song with him, Drew Thirty Two, Drew Park, Drew Thirty Two. Yeah, yeah, I had him on the podcast a while ago, and we were just talking, and um, he's actually like a lawyer now and everything. Like you know, he's, a lawyer. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, he's, that's crazy. Yeah, he graduated from U of M, man. So that shout out to him. Crazy. Um, to Drew 32. Yeah, and so we were talking and and he and he was telling me about the just the whole South by Southwest experience of just like, mm-hmm. you know, watching you pull up 30, 40 deep. Yes, <laughs> like yes. and then to see that, like, cause cause I was a fan of yours at the time, but I didn't I didn't I do not I d I don't know like if I just didn't see it on social media or what, but I didn't see uh I didn't I didn't see clips of that. So to see it in the documentary, yes. it was like it was like that. It was like that. That myth, you know, like because I've always heard the stories of of yourself by Southwest thirty forty deep rolled up and yes. just you know and just dressed like soldiers. Yes, man. yes, man. I gotta give a shout out uh, to No Limit Records and Master yeah. P and Bees by the Pound and all of them because that idea was inspired by them. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw. Um, I was a big fan of No Limit growing yeah. up. You know what I mean. And so I remember it was on some like hood DVD. It was almost, it was like hood fights volume seven. Right. And there was a random clip of no limit in Miami. And it was like 50 of them. And they all had on like, I'm bout it, bout it shirts. And they had the the van wrapped with the ice cream man available now. Right. And I'm a kid like, yo, that is crazy. Like, and I'm like, I want to do that. Like yeah. that's, if you're going to make an impression or if you're going to, you got to do that. So when I finally got in position and I had my crew together, I knew exactly at the time, the uh, dude that was managing me, uh, my man, Young Sav, he like, he was telling me about South by Southwest. Yeah. And I had never even heard of the festival before this. And so I'm like, yo, if you telling me I'm about to go to a place where every top artist underground and mainstream is going to be all in one location we got to make a statement because i'm from flint michigan where it's not really a lot of people especially at that time there was nobody from flint like you know what i'm saying moving around in the game like that so i'm like yo i don't have a deal so i don't have i don't have these marketing dollars i gotta figure out a way to make sure everybody leaves south by southwest thinking about AVM and John Connor. So we did that, man. We was inspired by No Limit when got the uh, the army fatigue. Yeah. We went to like a real army surplus store. <laughs> like, and got, I'm talking about some of my dogs had the canteens yeah. and the bulletproof vests. It was crazy, <laughs> but we, and we, we drove, we took two vans from Flint. And that was like, I think that trip was like, I don't know, 48 hours, Jeez. you know, from Michigan to Texas or wherever, to Austin or whatever the case may be. So it was crazy. And that, that was that was some of the most fun I ever had. Like, can you imagine, man, we walking down the street in Austin, Texas. We felt I felt like I was the president. Or yeah, because we walking down the streets and, you know, it's all of these, uh, you know, little bars and yeah. pubs and all of that. Yeah. So we walking down the street and it's mad people in the street. But then it's people like waving at us. Yeah. So I'm feeling like, yo, yeah. like, what's good? I'm feeling like, I don't know, like a president or something. Like yeah. I really did. Like I was the king of fucking England or some shit. But That's it was awesome. this, it was just so cool, man, because everywhere we went, we attracted attention. Yeah. And I can just remember like certain industry people coming up to us and just telling us like, congratulations. Like they like, yo, y'all did it how it was supposed to be done because we weren't on any of the big stages but i remember all the industry people kept saying all anybody is talking about is that, y'all yeah have you seen this group of people yeah. with picket signs and yeah. army fatigues 
and so mission was accomplished. Yeah. We did what we came to do. So Absolutely. that's a beautiful time. That was some of the most fun I ever had within hip hop. Man, that's awesome. Man. Let's yeah. let's jump let's jump into SOS too, because uh-huh. you know, I mean, that is the project. So yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, let's start with the let's start with the lead single. So uh, twenty twenty survivor. So you talk about all these passings and, and deals, and, and, and it's all aligning with uh, your deal. Uh, getting out of that aligns with literally right as the world shifts on it on its head between the, the pandemic the situation with george floyd everything like how did that how did that affect you because you know you got to be thinking like man i just fought i just felt like hell to get my independence back and now the whole world is just like different mm-hmm. like forever different forever changed like mm-hmm. like that's why i feel 20 2020 survivor is so interesting to me because it's like it's like that's a very unique situation that you were in. Mm-hmm. Um, first, a couple of different ways I look at 2020 Survivor. For one, it was like all of us, us all sitting here now, we all survived 2020. A right. lot of people didn't make it. You know, like it was so many people that passed away in that time that like, y'all remember like that weird first couple months of mm-hmm. like the quarantine and the pandemic and all that that was wild yeah like that's why for me it's like i can't understand how majority of hip-hop artists how are we not talking about that that's some of the craziest shit that ever happened and we all lived through it we all every day had to turn on the tv and see like this laundry list of people dying we all turned on the tv and seeing like in new york this is happening in la this is happening i remember when the quarantine first started it might have been like in france or something and they couldn't leave a house and somebody started playing like my heart will go on on the piano and then people were like singing it out of day it was like the most beautiful shit yeah. i ever seen of like humans yeah. all feeling one thing at the same time and you mean to tell me that after all of that we didn't learn nothing you don't got nothing to say nothing to say yeah. like you don't remember like these people like this is crazy yeah. like how are we back literally yeah. talking about i'm sorry excuse the expression we back yeah. talking about hoes and the bag and bitches and dope and draco and killing and yeah. how it's like we just all went through the craziest shit yeah. like and now we're back talking about the same stuff so yeah i love humans and like i said yeah. i am a spiritual person and i do believe that we're supposed to use our gifts um to we're supposed to use our gifts for something good. So it's like, I couldn't understand how we immediately went back to the same old shit. You know, it's, it's yeah. like crazy. It's like the little kid who's like doing trick tricks on his bike or something like that. Some shit he know he ain't supposed to be doing. He fall and he busts his head and then he start doing the same shit yeah. over again. So for me, it was like 2020 Survivor meant for one, wow, we all survived 2020. We should all be thankful to still be here because it's like hundreds of thousands of people around the world. That wasn't something that just affected the United States. It affected the world and so many people passed away. So we all should be blessed that we 2020 survivors. That's first and foremost. Then as an artist, it was, it affected me what I just said. Like, how are we back talking about the same old BS? And then it goes into just my personal accounts of everything. Um, Like, 
my mom lost her childhood heroes in like four months. You know, you think about all of the people from her era that passed during that time. Then like thinking about Chadwick Boseman that died, yeah. who is from my nephew. I say my nephew lost his child. Think about Chadwick Boseman and Kobe Bryant and mm -hmm. all these people. Yeah. And though Kobe didn't die of COVID, these yeah. deaths were all around the same time. It was time. all 2020. 20, right. Yeah. This is all around the same time. And yeah. think about... um Tiny Lister, Debo from Friday, and John Witherspoon from Friday, and we think about. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about man. It was it, it's so many people that passed away that you almost can't yeah. even. But so I just was thinking about all of that. Like wow, we are all we all went through a certain amount of trauma together, yeah. and how did that actually affect all of us? All of us are acting normal, but are we? Yeah, you know. So it's like for one, just we all should be grateful that we 2020 survivors because absolutely, you know, it sh it should make us just appreciate life, man. Absolutely. Like I had a situation where one of um one of my best friends, his his mother passed mm. in February of of 2020. Mm. So right before, and right before COVID hit, and so like you know, it was, it it was something that was a very quick downhill thing. So we were mm. all we were all devastated by it, but then. We looked a month later and we reconvened and we're seeing, you know, people can't even have funerals. Like a month later, yep. my grandma had passed and I could, and we couldn't even, I couldn't, I couldn't even see the casket, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because of, you know, because of the, because of COVID and, and the pandemic. So it's like, you know, to, to be 2020 survivors is, is a real thing. And, you know, and there's like, there's, it, it changed everything for everything. every, for everybody. Everything. One time somebody told me that hip hop should serve as a, or music in general should serve as a time capsule for the generations after us to where when they listen back to the music that was coming out at that time period, they can almost visualize what life was like back then. And I seen somebody say, this is possibly the first time in the history of humanity where music and more specifically hip hop has not been a reflection of what's actually going on at the time. That's why me before the cameras came on, we talked about Kendrick. I think it's yeah. dope, like yeah. what Kendrick did with the video, because that is what music is supposed to be used for. If Absolutely. a child in the year 2055 watches that video, mm -hmm. they'll know like, wow, that's what was going on. Yeah. They'll know about the things that was important to us in society. Yeah, in that moment. In yeah. that moment. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. The things that, as artists, we're supposed to be saying the things in our music that aren't in the history book. It's a record book. Yeah, it's we're creating our own record book. You, you feel me? Yeah. So for me, that's kind of what like my projects are. And more specifically, we're talking about 2020 Survivor. It's like, right, I want in the year 3000 and whatever the 3021 you know what i'm saying i yeah. want somebody to go back and, and listen to 2020 survivor and be like oh shit so that's what was going on that's how our society got like this because this happened back then which caused the domino butterfly effect of so many other things and it's almost like your music should almost serve as like time capsules capsules and history books for future generations absolutely uh let, let's jump into uh, a thing a song that i think segues just a little bit is afterlife um love the tone of the record everything about it's great but you know what's funny is it takes me back to one line that you say on uh on flashing lights on on kanye on the best in the world kanye mm -hmm. and you say life is a balance and and there there is a compromise a party for a part of you to live a part of you has to die do you feel like a part of you died with with that deal at aftermath absolutely absolutely before my situation on a major label, I feel like 
I was so naive and so kind-hearted and so I trusted everybody. I, you know what I'm saying? And I think that a certain level of maturity had to come. I had to go through certain things so that I understood, you know, your respect and your trust is something that sh should be earned. You know, don't give everybody everything right out the gate. And I think that in the beginning of my career, just who I was as a person, I would give it all to somebody. Like as soon as you meet me, you got all of my love, my respect, my admiration. You got all of that just out the gate. And, you know, sometimes, you, you know, in life, you just can't do that. Sometimes you mm -hmm. have to protect yourself. And I'm not saying be an asshole to people. Right. But you also have to be mindful. You guard your heart. You have to because some people, if they... Um, if they learn certain things about you, they'll use you against you. Mm -hmm. So that's what I learned. So I do think that part of me died. He's still in there somewhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He, if you get yeah. close enough to me, you'll get yeah. a chance to meet him. But it's <laughs> like, um, no, I think that, uh, yeah, a, that metaphorically speaking, yeah. yes, a part of me did die in order for this version of me to be. Yeah. And that's, and that, that was just such an interesting parallel for me because that is right as you, right as you are starting like that song comes out right as you are starting your your aftermath venture too mm -hmm. so for you to say that and then to full circle back to that lyric you know five six years later or now no now eight years later right yeah because it was yeah. it was 2014 when you dropped that tape so yeah absolutely wow um okay let's jump to uh let's jump to hall of fame so this is this is just a, hey. an interesting question I, yeah. I like so you know fun music video yes. watched it uh you're an executive now. So like now I want to pick like the executive brain of you. Sure. So when you're choosing a song for a music video, like what's that process uh, like and including creating that, like as you're creating the body of work, how do you start to identify singles, music videos? Like how, how does that, how does that work for, for you as an artist? I always like to ask every artist <laughs> that because I think it's interesting. You want to know specifically to, uh, Hall of Fame or you want to know just in general? Just in general. Okay. In general, it's more so I think about normally with me, the way it goes is what's the attention grabbing song first. Mm -hmm. What is that song? That's going to be so one of those songs that's like, yo, did you hear what he just said? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So thus you get 2020 yeah. survivor or even from the beginning of my career, like the first video I ever dropped was Epic, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And then, um, on, uh, while you were sleeping, the first one was, uh, what was the name of the uh, uh, was it the in, was it the intro? scriptures is what the oh, name scriptures, of it. Yep. Yeah, pray for my enemies. Yeah. So that's another one where is every time if you notice that's the pattern with my career or and um with unconscious state the first joint that I dropped the video I think the only video from unconscious state was I don't need a reason. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like for I saw me, it, or sorry uh, season two someone like me that was the like first me. that was the first one that I saw that was one, the first right? video I saw of you. Yeah. So. For me, it's always that attention grabbing yeah. song with a message. Mm -hmm. Let me grab. Let me let me just get your ears for a Absolutely. second. Then normally videos two and three are probably all right. Let's have a little fun. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And then by the time you get to videos uh, four, five, six, or whatever, they're just records that I like. Yeah, you know, what I'm <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's like, like let me do something that creatively I want to do. Yeah, that know? I want to do. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But that's normally how it goes with me. That, that's interesting, man, because that, that makes total sense now, because for me to see 
for me to see that's how I first came across you was someone like me that music video and like with the lights and you at the mic I was like this dude is a superhero I'm like you, you know what I mean thank like, you, man. this dude looks like a superhero thank my you. thing is rappers are always superheroes like that's my favorite my favorite saying but like that music video is one of the like moments that kind of like crystallizes it you know what thank I mean you. um let's talk about the track big homie so this track is interesting to me because you seem to be talking of more of the street perspective of, of a big homie and um it's also something that I get from the documentary of you wanting to not only be like a big homie to the world, but especially to Flint. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, I've always been, I've always been fascinated with more so because that's what I relate to is the is the music side of of, of big of big homie. Like in the music industry, you see, you know, now we have all these different in hip hop, particular you have different generations and regions now, and all different sorts of styles. So I just kind of wanted to get your perspective on on big homie in general like the concept of it like how do how do you think those two worlds of being a big homie are similar and where do you think the um and what do you think is like the key to fixing them and where does that fall does that fall more on the on the youth or on the or on the og i think that uh the responsibility falls on the older person because they're the one who's more experienced they've lived more mm -hmm. life and the young person is looking up to the to the older person, you know? Yeah. And I think that it's our responsibility when we become the older person to do the best that we can so that the next generation don't have to go through the things that we went through. Mm -hmm. And Big Homie is like, uh, it, it bothers me and agitates me when people that know better pretend that they don't know better to get money. And what I mean by that, it's like so many times I see in the music business, it's dudes that are not in the hood. They not any of that. They got money. They're good. Their families are good. But they're making music that make kids that are in the hood go kill people, go sell dope, go um, not take care of their kids and disrespect their mother, the mother of their children. You know what I'm saying? But it's like. This dude over here, he's not doing the things that he's saying in his music, but he's saying it to a bunch of kids that are doing that. Because now it's like the community that that dude lives in, the rich guy, the rich rapper, he don't live in that community where his words are affecting his everyday life. So he doesn't care about what he's saying or what he's doing because it's like, I'm getting money off of it. That's all I care about. These kids who aren't rappers, you know what I'm saying, are li constantly listening to this toxic music every day and they're trying to emulate what they hear and what they see in the videos, not knowing that in the video they're going to go cut and yeah. then that part, all the females. It's a separate life. It's a whole different life. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of agitated me. So I do. I think it's on us once we become the older generation. You know, I think it's on us to be the example. And that's all. That's all. I just want to provide, like, balance, man. That's it. You know, I just want to give these young cats. Um, I just want to let them know that you don't have to be self-destructive or toxic to get to the bag or whatever. You yeah. know, you could be yourself. You could uplift yourself. You could uplift your community and still get to the bag. That's awesome. Let's let's jump to Stolen Moment. Now, this is this is my favorite record on on, on the whole. I appreciate on the whole it, album. man. Thank uh, you. The the hook is so like to me. It's like it's like it's everything I love about rap. It's that it's that two thousands early twenty tens. Uh, you know, like you you get that soulful hook, and then and then you have the lyrical rapper on the verses, and it mm -hmm. just it bridges together so perfectly for me. Uh, but you you know you talk on that you know that the concept Stolen Moment. So when I want to know when does your mind start to shift from uh, f 
from my moment is being taken from me to I need to create a new moment. Like when when in your in your mind did it did that shift that focus? Ask it. Ask me the question again. Okay, so when it comes to when it comes to like a, the idea of a stolen moment, the concept of a stolen moment, mm-hmm. when in your career did you you went from feeling okay, my moment is stolen from me. When did you start to shift your your focus and, and your mindset into being? How do I how do I create my my new moment or how do I create a new moment? You know what? That's a cool question. It's always been in me. I've always looked at things like uh, it ain't over until you're dead. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's not over unless you quit. That type of thing. Yeah. So for me, whenever I look at a situation and it's like it's, it's so weird, man, because. I, it's never been like a big thing to me. Like if some, if I try something and it doesn't work, I just try something else. That's just always been my nature, just period, just in life. So like, uh, you know, more, just to, as an example, it's like being signed to a major and that didn't go how I wanted it to go. For me, it wasn't like, oh, the woe is me. The world hates me. It was just like, okay, figure it out. Yeah. Figure out something else. Do something else. But the, the, the song Stolen Moment is more so called Stolen Moment because it talks about what certain friendships and relationships could have been you know Mm, what i'm saying it's like uh, a moment has been stolen from um these two people or these relationships it's like this could have been something great but we allow these moments to get stolen from us because of the journey instead of being strong enough to stick with each other and all of that type of thing it's like the moment gets stolen because now you're arguing about different things. Now you like, like whether it's women, whether it's money, whether it's contracts, whether I've watched so many of these things come between people's friendships, those type of things. So that was what I, where I was at with stolen moment is like, you know, how do we, how do we let these, these beautiful moments get stolen from us? Like you think of like a, and I'm not saying anything that people don't already know. Like you look at, I grew up looking up to like Jay-Z and Dame Dash, Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, then for them to break up, it was like, damn. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, how does that happen? Yeah. You know, uh, you know, you look at, um, you know, just so many people. That's Jay and Dame was the ones that was on the top of my head. But so many like. It's, it's Jay and Yay for a lot of us, too. Like, for a lot of Yay, my, for right? a lot of my generation. Or even like now you see like Kid Cudi and Kanye yeah. going yeah. through it. I love when Cudi and Kanye created yeah. together. And it's like, damn, how do how do we end up in these stolen moments with the people that we love? Where it's like, damn, now everything that we used to love. Think about how many dope moments like Yay and like uh, Jay probably had. But now those moments are stolen for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. so it's like that's pretty much where my heart was at with that joint man. okay okay that's that's interesting that makes sense too when you when you look at the the last line of, of the second verse when you say you know it's it's still love if you reach out to yes. me but you know but I, you gotta keep yeah, going yeah you gotta yeah. keep going uh let's let's talk about success and i just want to briefly touch on this record because not only do i like how it flows right after a storm moment to success I just thought that was that was a good flow, but Thank you. the nar- the narrations that you have uh, sprinkled in throughout the album, I, w- I wanted to know. Um, I-, I love especially that one too, like when it talks about you know setting up uh, anyone that is that is what was the specific words living out a pre a worthy idea oh a, uh, a predestined goal or a preset right. goal because uh, that's what they want to yeah, do because that's what right. they want to do. I love that, but where did those narrations come from? Earl Nightingale his name earl nightingale you you should actually my producer shaking his head like yeah word (laughs) so yeah so anybody listening to this right now 
Go listen to The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. And okay. he break it all down. Those okay. are just little parts and pieces, yeah. but he break it all down. All down, okay. Yeah, and I, th- I encourage anybody yeah. to go listen to it. But yeah, he, he said the person who is successful is anybody that's uh, chasing a worthy ideal. And, you know, success is the teacher who wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. The guy that owns the corner store because that's what he wanted to do. Yeah. That is success. That's yeah. peace. That's what people need to understand that it's like, Stop comparing yourself to everybody else. Yeah. Everybody don't want the same type of woman. Yeah. Everybody don't want the same house. Yeah. Everybody don't want the same type of thing. And I think that we need to get out of this, um, this, uh, this mindset where we all think that everybody wants the same thing. So then we become hateful and bitter towards each other, right? Towards because those that have it, yeah. Right, exactly. It's like, but think to yourself: Do you actually want that car that that dude has? You probably don't. You probably didn't even. You probably yeah. didn't even think about that car until you saw it on Instagram. Yeah, right, you know what I'm saying? Right. It was like you wasn't even thinking about it. So why now have you convinced yourself that you want this thing? Oh, you want mm-hmm. it because you think that you're supposed to want it. Yeah. No, reach down in yourself and figure out what do I want? Who am I? What makes me happy? Yeah. And so for me, it's like even uh, like I look at my life like um. I'm completely happy because, and most people would be like, yo, that was so cool. You were signing Dr. Dre. Do yeah. you, do you ever regret da, 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 da? No, no, because my thing is like, my goal is to be a rapper. And last I checked, you're still rapping. You feel me? <laughs> it's like my, people have to understand, like, um, it was cool. And like, I always tell people, I look at it like it was a college or it was a time, right. it was time in my life. But people have to understand, I always wanted to be an artist. I always wanted to independently own. Like I told you, I came up looking up to Master P. Mm-hmm. So to me, success was, I want to do what P doing. I want to be able to make what I want to make. I want to be able to get the majority, of, if not all of the finances from the work that I put in. I want to be able to tour. I want to be able to reach out and touch the people. I want to be able to get paid for being myself. Yeah. And if I couldn't do that on a major label, then that ain't success to, to me, regardless of what you think. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like, I don't care. Like, oh, if I was you, you not me. So you don't know what makes me happy. So the thing is like now it's like to have peace, to know that I can go in the studio and make what I want to make, to know that if I go make a record tomorrow, I can put it out that night if I feel like it. There is nothing like being free. So it's like I'm a living, walking, breathing example of figuring out what is peace for you. You know what I'm saying? You have no idea how much I relate to that because, like, I've always said with this with this content creating is, you know, I have two passions, two big passions in life, and that's hip hop and NBA basketball. Okay. And so, like, my thing is, like, my thing has always been, like, I just, I don't care if I'm if I'm in a if I'm in a three story crib or an apartment. My goal in life is to be able to meet Jay Z, have a little conversation with him, and him. It could be off mic. It don't even have to be on mic for him to be like. That dude knows hip hop. That dude loves hip hop. That's what's up. Like that's that's it. That's that's my that's my goal. So like to me, it's like it's like moments like this interview. Like these are moments that are. That's the goal. It's not the it's not the million streams or the mm-hmm. you know or, or whatever. It's the it's the moments of connecting with the people that you know got me into this passion, got mm-hmm. me into this you know this culture, and so. Um, so I, I relate to that so heavily. What you just said, man. That's, that's love, awesome. man. That's awesome. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about blow up. Okay. Um, let's actually talk about yeah. Let's talk about blow up. So, you know, my favorite line on the whole project is y'all want me to blow uh, blow up just to get a version of me that's watered down. One of my favorite lines, literally the whole album. Um, 
But, you know, I look back on your career and I see unconscious, I see unconscious state and, you know, you were charting on Billboard, mm -hmm. you know. So, like, clearly to me, there's a world in which John Connor can do both. Do you, do you feel that way? I do. I do. I do. I think. Um, or was it just that situation that you're kind of referring to more specifically? I think for one, I'm at peace where with wherever I'm supposed to be. Wherever you're supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? Whatever yeah. that is. I'm j I know I'm going to work hard every day. I'm going to try to reach as many people as I possibly can. And wherever it's meant for me to end up and however many people I'm meant to speak to, uh, I am so at peace with that. As long as I can pay the bills, yeah. help my moms and the people I love, that yeah. is peace and that is success for me. The song Blow Up was like, it was like, because people always, and I love my fans. I want to say, anybody, if you a fan of mine, if you are cameras, if you a fan of mine, thank you so much. Because my fans, they so passionate. And they're like, I just want John Connor to blow up. I just can't wait for John Connor to <laughs> blow up. And it's like, I wanted to give my fan base peace and solace. And like, yo, what y'all think blow up is, I don't know if I want that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I want to be able to speak to people. Like, mm -hmm. I love, I love, like, my dog Chris Webby or Dizzy yeah. Wright or uh even tech nine right yeah if my career path is like i like to me that would be a beautiful thing for me yeah that dude feeds his family and makes a dope amount of money off of doing what he wants to do he owns part owns his own company yeah tours whenever he wants to puts out his own music it's like but can tech nine still go out if he wants to like you know what i'm saying yeah. like yeah, he can. So to me, that's like the goal to be able to independently do what you want to do, mm -hmm. have a fan base of people that love you. And that's what it is. So for me, I was just telling my fan base like, yo, to blow up yeah. the way y'all see it. There's a lot of people that are yeah. shysty and scandalous that I don't want to be around. There's a lot of ass kissing that you have to do that I'm just not going to do. Yeah. There's a lot of soul selling that I'm not going to yeah. do. So it's like, it's not as simple as if Connor makes this type of song, he's going to end up in these places with yeah. these other artists. No, it's a whole bunch of behind the scenes, dumb shit that yeah. I'm not willing to yeah. do. Like, because my, who I am spiritually is more important than any money, car, jewelry, female. First week sales projection. Uh, you feel me? <laughs> yeah. I don't care about none of that shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, it's cool. If I get back to that point and yeah. we charting and all yeah. of that, that's awesome. Beautiful. But what most people don't know is those charts are doctored up too. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I'm not willing to play the game yeah. that is uh, needed to be played yeah. to be in those positions. And much love to every artist that is. I'm not yeah. shitting on them. Yeah. It goes back to what we were saying. I know what's for me. Yeah. Your so success. Like, you your feel success. Me? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. Um, so in closing, I wanted to I wanted to get this because this was the thing that I was mentioning. Um, you know, you look at your catalog and across your whole catalog, there's there's series, there's best in the world, yes. there's SOS, you yeah. know, there's all the all these series. So is that the is that like the movie buff in you that likes series? Like what what is from an artist perspective? What is, what do you like about having your body of work into series instead of standalones? I'm definitely a movie buff, and yes, those. Uh, is that where it comes from? I would the say the idea yeah. of the body of work. Yeah, I yeah. would say that because I'm in a different headspace. It kind of like uh uh it, it represents the headspace that I was in. So if you take the call in part one and the call in part two, yeah. there's this young dude that is so passionate. 
and he don't know no better. He all he wants is to be in the music business. Yeah. All he want, he just want to make it. Cause you got songs like on uh, the Calling Part Two, like Fame, mm-hmm. where I literally talk about I want fame so bad and yeah. da 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 right. But then he's starting to grow, and this is when you get to like uh, season one and season two, where now I'm in the music industry and I'm giving you my perspective from it's a different mindset. I'm not the guy from the calling no more because now I'm there where I yeah. thought I wanted to be. So you listen to season one and season two, and it's more so of a perspective of like, oh shit, I'm here now. I want to change the way business is done in the music business. I want to, I want to change this and change that. Then you go into now SOS one and two, whereas he got exactly where he yeah. wanted to be. There's no higher yeah. than where I was at. Right? right. I got a chance to look at the music industry from the top down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So now it's like the guy from season one and season two, the dude that's now the SOS minded guy is like, uh, maybe even that wasn't what I thought yeah. it was. Maybe it was all about this spiritual thing the whole time. Yeah. You know, maybe it was about fine. Like now you see that that's where I'm at with my journey, where it's like more so it's about finding yourself, finding peace in yourself, because I got everything that I thought I wanted. The guy from the calling, the guy from SOS, I mean, uh, season one and two, the guy from best in the world that all he wanted was to be in the music business. He finally got it and realized, damn, Maybe it was about something else this yeah. whole time. Yeah, that's awesome. And did that did that mess you mess you up at all? Like when you went to when you first were like, "Damn, I thought this was this is exactly it did. what I wanted." No, it did. It messed me up. It was times like I remember going through depressions. I remember mm-hmm. going through just so much. And I remember I had everything that I ever thought I wanted back when I was in Flint, and I didn't have no money, and I was grinding and all that type of stuff. And I remember sitting in California and still feeling empty and yeah. alone, and just it was just a terrible feeling. There's no somebody said um, having money. Uh, I think they I can't remember what rapper said this, but they said having money ain't everything, but you only find that out when you get money. Yeah. You feel me? Man, I, I feel like it's on the tip of my head, too, where that song yeah, is from. Yeah, I can't remember who said yeah. it, but that was like some prolific shit. Yeah. That it is true. Yeah. That all while you struggling to get this certain amount of money, you feel like if I just had money, everything would change. And then when you finally get it, you like, it actually didn't. It actually kind of made shit worse. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's about that spiritual thing, that inner peace thing, man, that really matters in the end. And I guess that's where I'm at on my journey now, finding a way to just let people know, like, yo, it's about way more than what you think, man. Absolutely. So, you know, only one, only one more question in the closing. You know, sure. where do you where do you see your career going? You know, you got you got a team, fully independent. Yes. You got your college experience, as you put it. I yes. saw your post the other day talking about, um, you know, doing best in the world tape and then a best in the world vault mm-hmm. um, three, which yep. was a which was a connection to SOS and calling. Yeah. So that was that was really what sparked like I already had that question written uh-huh. and then when I saw you post that the other day I was like oh yeah I'm really on to something like I I, I cracked the code it definitely <laughs> it definitely is it definitely is the it definitely is the 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 movie buff in you but yeah. um you know where do you where do you see everything going You know what at this point man I have no clue just I mean you even played around with the idea of you know not being John Connor anymore. Yeah, I did. And, you know, when I say no clue is, man, I have completely surrendered to the most high. All I know is I'm supposed to wake up every day, follow my spirit and do 
what feels right. Right. You know what I'm saying? And wherever that lands me, like, you know what I'm saying? I'll deal with it when it gets there, but I just want continued success. And like we learned on SOS two, success is just realizing a worthy ideal. I want to wake up every day and serve my community and my community being planet earth. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? With a positive message. And yeah. So I thought about that, like the whole not being John yeah. Connor no more. It's like, wouldn't, and I, I haven't made my mind up all the right. way on it, but it's like, from the perspective that I just gave you, right, mm -hmm. of the calling and SOS 1 and 2 and Seasons 1 and 2 and Best in the World, it's like, wouldn't that almost be a fitting closure to have that closure and then the rebirth as a whole entirely mm -hmm. other entity? Because it's like, where else does this John Connor persona go? It yeah. was created to do one thing, and during that process, he learned that his journey was about something else. Yeah. So it was almost it's almost like... Isn't it fitting to put to rest John Connor and to just be Jan Kevin yeah. Freeman? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And now what does he feel? Yeah. What is his perspective? Without wanting to chase these materialistic things, without being driven by these things, now having full perspective, what does Jan Freeman feel musically? What does Jan Freeman want to do? Because John Connor was created because I want, I have so much for the industry and I want to change yeah. things within the industry. Man, life is bigger than the industry. It's about the world. world it's yeah. about changing the world. It's about inspiring people in the world. So it's about humanity, like we talked about. You know? That's it. That's it. So, you know, I haven't 100% made my mind up on that, but I've, the wheels have been yeah. turning of like, damn, you know, that three album is a closure to the calling one and two, the best, best in the world, seasons one and two, and SOS one and two. So it's just like, wow, what if that was the closure to John Connor, period? Yeah. Well no, we're gonna see when we get Man, there. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find out. But John I pre well, you're still John. Uh, John, I appreciate <laughs> yes. I appreciate this conversation. Oh, come man. on, man. It's, it's been awesome. Me, it's been awesome, man. It's love. I, seriously, you're you know, you're a huge inspiration for not only the content I create, but just the the music I consume and to you know, to say like I have a list of people that I want to interview before I die. And you were literally number two. And I know I wow. said that on the last one, wow. but I need to remind you again on this thank one you. that, uh, you know, this is a big deal for me. So I greatly appreciate your time, man. No, and, thank you. you know, thank you. I know we don't, we got a lot of Detroit in here. I tried to, I, I, I don't, I didn't have, I collect vinyls. I didn't have any Flint vinyls. It's and I was good. like, we gonna get I was you like, some yeah, I was vinyls. trying to, yeah, I was trying to figure out how do I make this, how do I make this room just a little bit Flint? Yeah, you know what I all, mean? No, it's all just good. a little bit Flint. It. Well, you know how you can help me with that is you can start dropping some vinyls too. You know what you're right. We actually are. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. We're going to have SOS too. We actually uh, about to talk to the company about pressing up. I'm yeah. probably going to start small with like 100 copies of CD and probably right. like 50 pieces of vinyl. I'm so there. It's I'm home. there. I and no, I just want to say thank you yeah. too, though, man. As an independent artist, man, like your voice and your platform mm -hmm. means so much to just spread the word about yeah. what I'm doing because independent, you don't have a big machine. Everything that you do is based off word of mouth and whatever you got in yeah. your pocket to put towards marketing. So it's like thank you so much, and I truly yeah. appreciate it, man. Of course, man. Like I said, you know, with with my with my reverence for you, you know, this is this is a conversation to me, not even a, not even an interview. You know, oh, it's, it's, a, it's just a conversation. So to do this is is awesome, man. And I appreciate you being on Strictly Hip Hop, man. Oh, man, appreciate being here. All right. Love.